0: And welcome to That's Life, where it is with a very, very heavy heart that we show start the show here this morning as word spread like wildfire of the murder of Halel Yafa Ariel from Kiryat Arba, all of 13 years of age, this morning. Hashem Yikom Dama. As somebody posted on Facebook, we should not be saying Kaddish for girls who just had their bat mitzvah. Good morning folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger writer general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch, coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, and certainly it is a beautiful Lower East Side here. This Thursday morning, I'm joined by Avrami. Hello Avram. Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right.
0: You know, you uh, have been around all week.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's I'm not. Right.
0: Trust me, I'm not complaining.
1: Not been going around and seeing the city or anything. Just uh, head didn't work as always.
0: <laughs> uh, that is true. That is a hundred percent true. But uh, how did it feel to be here all week?
1: It's nice. I mean, it's it's more so like all well, the kid, my kids and my siblings' kids, and everyone can get oh, together and spend some time together. Oh, I didn't
0: realize together. that. Yeah,
1: every year we do this one week because it's right. It's between school and when everybody goes off to camp. So while I'm working, uh, my my sister and uh, my wife, they take all the kids. And my parents also, they get a chance to see my parents. Everyone goes out together to different places and spends time together.
0: That is, um, that's really cool. I didn't realize that this, first of all, I didn't realize that this was an annual thing. And second of all, I didn't realize that it was all of you together, which is really Really cute. So Kolokavod, it's a nice way to start the holiday weekend, so to speak, when you're all together in the same place. And um, there's also something, I don't know if you feel this way, but I certainly feel this way about my cousins. Cousins are great because they're like siblings except without the aggravation.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of them left a little bit early and my older son was, you could tell he was quite down because, you know, he wasn't going to spend, you know, we only see them a few times a year, handful times a year, so.
0: right, it's hard to get everyone in the same place. It really is. It's hard to get everyone in the same place. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. Uh, I'm giving you a heads up. Yoni had a tough time with the fortune cookie this morning. He picked one, dropped it on the floor, then it broke. So again, Yoni needs to... Yoni needs to be relieved of this responsibility, I think. The unfortunate thing is that he sits the closest to the fortune cookies. Next person to email me to just move the fortune cookies is not is not getting a response. That's all I have to say. Let's do the fortune cookie. Oh, Yoni, I'm hoping for you. I'm hoping for you. I'm hoping for you. Here we go. Your mind understands what you have been taught. Your heart, what is true? You know... I don't know. I don't know if I'm just feeling fun. <laughs> yeah, Yoni would have to clap for that fortune cookie because, frankly, no one else is. It's National Handshake Day, which is great. Shake somebody's hand. That's that's fantastic. And certainly if I had the opportunity to shake the hand of the person who I have. Uh, yes, and yes, thank you, Avrami, who's showing everyone that we keep Purell in the studio. Phenomenal. Um, if I had the opportunity, and please God, I will have the opportunity to meet my guest in person. He, uh, he is certainly someone whose hand I would happily, happily shake because it is our Air of July Fourth show here at That's Life, and I, as I have mentioned before on the air, am a proud American and the daughter and granddaughter of two U.S. vets. My grandfather was uh, stationed in the Pacific during World War II, and my father was a chaplain in the U.S. Army during the early 60s. And so I am unbelievably humbled to introduce my guest this morning, Sergeant Arthur Perlman, who I think is known to many as Grandpa, is uh, was a member of the United States Air Force during Vietnam. He's an Orthodox Jew. He is a Vietnam vet, having served three years flying on behalf of this country. He was recently named to the New York State Veterans Hall of Fame by Senator Simcha Felder, who is not only a friend of this network, but certainly a friend of Jewish people, a very, very good man. I want to thank Jonathan Greenstein for helping me set up this interview, and I wish a wonderful, wonderful good morning. Mr. Uh, Mr. Perlman, thank you for joining me.
2: Good morning, how are you?
0: I am well, and uh, can I refer to you as sergeant? Anybody still call you sergeant? Uh,
2: no, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> I'm, I'm called Zadie by my grandchildren. Ah,
0: Zadie, Zadie, so not grandpa. Um, first of all, um, I, I mean this wholeheartedly. I'd like to thank you on behalf of every American. I'd like to thank you for your service.
2: You're very welcome. It was truly my pleasure, my honor. You flew what for the U.S.? Uh, I was, uh, I, I worked on radio and navigation equipment.
0: Oh, so you, hey, I, a radio guy. All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we had a kinship just by right. seeing your face. I, were, I, I knew we were connected. So uh, you served which years in Vietnam?
2: I, I served uh, in 1968 in Vietnam. I was an advisor to the Vietnamese Air Force, and I worked in the uh, in the U.S. advisory group, training Vietnamese,
0: training the Vietnamese,
2: Vietnamese to work on the uh, aircraft that we we be given them.
0: I I imagine you also did not serve as interpreter.
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> uh, most of most of the Vietnamese that we worked with uh, were required to learn English in advance.
0: I got. Oh, that's very interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize that. And when you left the United States, were what was your family situation like? That's always. That's always an interesting story to me. The family that is left behind, or the the personal story that is left behind.
2: Well, it's. It, w- it was actually very funny. I had done a lot of traveling when I was in the Air Force, and uh, up until that time, I had gone to Europe three different times. Wow. And uh, my parents went with me to the airport when I was going to Vietnam, but I hadn't bothered to tell them where I was going.
0: <laughs> good Jewish boy, right. <laughs> so when they,
2: my one of my friends saw that my mother was nervous, she says, don't be nervous, it's not that bad over there. <sighs> so he, she said to him, what do you mean it's not bad over there? What's wrong? He has a good time every time he goes to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> she says, we're not going to Germany.
0: Oh my... So they didn't find out until the airport that you were going to Vietnam?
2: That's when they found out. And uh, the day we landed in in Saigon, Vietnam, uh, is the day they started uh, rocketing the airport. Ugh. That's the first news my parents got.
0: How? Uh, okay. So then, as any Jewish mother would then ask, how did your parents find out then that you were okay?
2: Uh... They just waited until they got letters. Wow. Till they got letters.
0: Yeah, the, um, the advent of the Internet and email and texting, we, we joke all the time that if I, if I don't get a response to my text fast enough, I start believing that something is wrong with the other end. I can only imagine the unbelievable um, pit in the stomach that exists for parents, especially during those times when communication was so limited in, I, in waiting for news one way or the other.
2: Well, it's a different world today.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. What was um? W- were you had were you already a member of the Air Force before Vietnam? I mean, you, you made Oh, definitely. You made I okay. Was, so you were I in was Germany. In
2: Vietnam in '68. I uh, start, I enlisted in the Air Force in 1965.
0: And you served. And uh, you served where else besides Vietnam?
2: Oh, I started off uh, after basic training. I went to. Uh, after training, basic training in Lackland Air Force Base in Texas, and I then went to Biloxi, Mississippi, for schooling in electronics. Then I was my first station was Stewart Air Force Base in Newburgh, New York.
0: Wow! All right, so semi close to home, shall we say?
2: It was sort of like home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was as close to home as you were <laughs> going to get before you went to Vietnam.
2: <laughs> right, well, and I and I traveled on temporary duty all over the world. I was in just. A wonderful uh, group where we followed our planes. Our planes went to Canada. We went to Canada with them. They went to Florida. We went to Florida with them. And when, A lot of traveling.
0: And when did you meet your wife?
2: After I got out.
0: After you got out. How long right. did you serve after Vietnam, or was Vietnam your last tour?
2: I came back to Stewart Air Force Base.
0: And you were there for how long?
2: In Vietnam, six months.
0: Wow. Wow, unbelievable. And so you met your wife a- after, after you had left the service.
2: Right, a few months afterwards.
0: And while, she's, while there are questions these days of, so what yeshiva did he go to and what this is they involved in and, <laughs> and whatever. So when you meet your wife and she says to you, so what have you been doing the last couple of years? How does that start?
2: Running around the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, she didn't take too long to ask me any questions. We got engaged uh, 17 days after we met. Wow. And we got married two months later.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And how long has that been since?
2: It's about the level of 46 years.
0: Wow. 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 Mazal Tov. That's incredible. You're listening to that live here at the Nachum Segal Network, and Sergeant Arthur Perlman of the United States Air Force, retired vet, joins us here on the program today as we pay tribute to this unbelievable country and certainly to our vets. Um, I, I... Imagine that there might have been a couple of other Jews around you in uh, in the service. Am I right or am I wrong?
2: Yes, there were. Although with, uh, at the time of Vietnam, it didn't seem like there were that many because most, anybody that was drafted uh, did not go into the Air Force. The Air Force did not draft people.
0: Oh, so you enlisted?
2: Absolutely. I beat the draft. I enlisted.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, so then the obvious question is why?
2: I started Brooklyn College and I just wasn't too happy there and I just felt I needed to go. I needed to join. I was tested before I went in. They found that I had uh that I was qualified to train in electronics and they said you're going to go to school. I said, "Great. Okay, <laughs> sign me up." My mother wasn't too happy. But <laughs>
0: You weren't going to medical school, right? Right. (laughs) So there was an there was like an inherent wanderlust in you. This this need to move, this need to see. Was there also this um, this this patriotic feel that even though um there was um you know especially with Vietnam that Vietnam was was such a tumultuous time time in the United States history. Were you still it was such a tumultuous era, I should say. Were you were you still drawn? to the service, um, just to serve?
2: It was definitely something there. My my stepfather was in the Navy. I had a couple of my uncles that were uh, in the uh, Army. Uh, there's definitely military history in my family. And I did feel a need, and I enjoyed it. I truly, I can actually say I enjoyed basic training. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy, but I did.
0: What, I and... I mean, what was enjoyable? I can't wrap my head around this one.
2: The, the whole camaraderie—if you took the um. attitude that it's—they're not trying to kill you; they're not trying to beat you in basic training; they're trying to train you.
0: Well, Sergeant, that is certainly a half gla- full, you know, a glass half full—kind of an attitude towards basic <laughs> training. That I mean, good for you. <laughs> but let's talk for a second about the other Jews that you encountered while you were in the service.
2: Uh, I met. Uh, a few, especially one of the nicest people I ever met was in uh, in Mississippi. There was a rabbi, a chaplain, who was from Chicago. Orthodox fella. And I remember when I went to the services that they were having at the uh, the synagogue there, he saw that uh, I was the only one there putting on tefillin. So he called me over afterwards, and he invited me to his house and to, uh, where he was living at the time, off-base. It was just very nice, a very, very warm feeling. Even, even in Vietnam, we had a uh, sergeant that was in charge of supplies. I met him there. He was a fellow used to sit down at lunchtime, put on his yarmulke, and sit and eat.
0: Unbelievable. You know, you mentioned you mentioned your tefillin, and that's actually something that was pressing on my mind. What what personal items were you able to take with you? What did you decide, I should say, to take with you? You can't take everything. So, what did you take with you when you went into the service?
2: Well, actually, all I took was my tefillin and sitter.
0: You took your tefillin in a sitter.
2: Really, wasn't anything else for me to take. Uh, we couldn't carry too much.
0: Right. No. I, I. I imagine, and I'm sure somebody might have given you a head turn to leave the tefillin at home. But, um, but there seems to me, and this is obviously not a a relationship that I can appreciate firsthand. But there certainly is a connection between men and boys and their tefillin. So it doesn't um it doesn't surprise me that you that you decided to take them with it with you. Right. What about, um, tell me about the Yom Tovim. Tell me about Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and what that was like.
2: Well, being stationed here in Newburgh, I was able to work around a lot of different holidays. The only thing I couldn't work around was uh, Pesach Mm. in Vietnam. (laughs) We used to get... uh, No
0: Chabad there,
2: huh? um, (laughs) Well, no, not not at that time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there is now... uh, (laughs) It was, it was it was difficult. Uh, my parents sent me food. We it was some organizations that sent food for Pesach, but we managed. We did the best we could.
0: And so, who was the "we" in that sentence? It was you. Well, me.
2: There were there were a few other guys that weren't stationed directly with me that I had met over there. That were in different areas working in you know different things. Uh, I don't think there was really any, except for maybe a, a, a pilot or two. There really weren't any uh, Jews in the area of. Uh, that I was in, we were, you no, know, we're very, a sort of a small group that was stationed there.
0: And are you still connected to any of them th- this many years ago?
2: No, nah, it's. Uh, I had, no, actually not. It's been a long time already.
0: Tell me how Senator Felder uh, got wind of your story.
2: I walked into his office one day, <laughs> and some one of the, one of the people on the staff said, uh, would you by chance to know uh, somebody, you know, uh any anybody that's Jewish that, you know, who served in in the military. I said, Yeah, me <laughs> and then I told him I was a vet and I bet they couldn't believe it.
0: I, I it, and it it stuns me also when um when Jonathan Greenstein posted the picture of you, which I'm pretty sure is loaded right now on the app. If somebody if you are listening to this program right now on the app as we encourage our listeners to do and you'll see an image right now of uh the Sergeant holding his um his um sort cert- of his uh certificate I would call it from Senator Felder proclaiming that he has been in, um inducted into the New York State Veterans Hall of Fame. So when I saw that picture it really sparked in me the the um this notion that there are many many more American Jews who have family who have served in the US military than we actually appreciate. We have we have plenty of pride, and for obvious reasons, when we have children or spouses or brothers or whatever who all serve in the IDF and call a kavod to them. But there's also this con- there's also this contingent of of American Jews who have family members, immediate family members, who have all served in the U.S. military. So I, I guess when when you walked in there and they were stunned, it just speaks to this this notion that i have that there are really a lot of you out there
2: yes yes people just don't realize it that we don't go around announcing it
0: <laughs> right you don't have <laughs> you don't have t-shirts made right
2: we, we did our job and okay you, that's all
0: you did your job we, you and right, served. We, went,
2: we did what we had to do and that's
0: it and what was your reception like coming back you know vietnam actually it was very nice
2: uh uh, I I got free tickets for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur in Borough uh, <laughs> Park in the shul because I came with my uniform.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that'll do it. And um and the the response that you got to being a, a veteran of that war in particular it was was it was it uh, different in the Jewish community? Were were people just happy to see you back, or was there? Some- I
2: believe I I believe it was definitely different than it was uh, out of the Jewish community. Uh, and you were hit it right on the nose. The Jewish people were seemed to be happy to see I was back. Right. Whereas uh, things that were going on, which we didn't even realize when we were in Vietnam, uh, you know, protesting the thing, we didn't realize it then.
0: So you came back to it a completely. A,
2: I, I, at least I was really surprised what was going on here.
0: And you came back to a completely different country. Right. Understood. And
2: Understood. I wasn't overjoyed with it.
0: No, I I can't imagine. What was the response like from your from your um, fellow members of the Air Force to your being Jewish?
2: Uh, other than one person who was a Southern boy who really was living living in a different type of world, uh, who I had to straighten out from back in basic training, I had no problem. Uh, even in basic, tra- even when I was in school in Mississippi, I, my roommate was a uh, Protestant. Oh. And he wouldn't let anybody into the room when I was davening. He says, "My friend is praying. You wow. don't go in the room."
0: Wow, that's so, that's a serious. We had,
2: uh, we had a pretty good relationship.
0: And what are your grandchildren? I mean, you 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 start with your children. You tell them what you did and where you were. What kind? Of, what was their response like? And how have your grandchildren been receptive to your? A little
2: shocked. They, <laughs> <laughs> that's you. Well, I've shown them a uniform and uh, my. Grandsons uh, seem to fight over, who gets the uniform? (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, I can't fit in it (laughs) anymore.
0: That's great. That's great. So what is July 4th to you, Sergeant Perlman?
2: Uh, You know, I get these thoughts of things we went through uh, uh, over the the three and a half years I was in the Air Force. Uh, I think about the people who are serving now who put their lives on the line for this country. And uh, I I feel part of them. Even though I'm not with them, I do feel a part of them. And I think we have to thank them. We have to appreciate them for what they're doing. It's not exactly a high-paying job. That I can assure you. <laughs> when I tell my kids I was making uh, uh, almost $300 a month, wow! they look at me. What are you, crazy?
0: <laughs> you signed up for that. Yeah. Exactly,
2: exactly. It wasn't for the money, that's for sure.
0: That, it, it, it rarely is, right? It rarely is. What did you do with all of your training after you came back? How did you um, t- t- utilize that?
2: Uh, that? That was a definite problem when I came out. Uh, I was offered uh, jobs by a number of airlines uh, uh-huh. because I was a supervisor uh-huh. at that time, and uh, the biggest problem is they wanted to work Fridays and Saturdays.
0: Oh, Okay.
2: And we didn't fight it at that time. Got it. It was a different world today. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I'm, I became a CPA. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you fulfilled the Jewish mother's dream. If they're That's not, right. If and, they're and, not and, a and doctor. In a sort
2: of way, she would have preferred, I'm sure, that I was a doctor, but <laughs> right. it didn't always work.
0: That's okay. So if not a doctor, <laughs> if not a lawyer, then an accountant. That's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Well, I can imagine that she was tremendously proud of you. Probably very happy to just have you home, but... Yes. Incredibly. Proud. Do any of your siblings also serve?
2: No. They, the draft stopped uh, just when my next brother would have been going in.
0: Wow. Wow, that is certainly fortuitous. And if your grandchildren decided today that they were inspired by their Zadie and that they wanted to serve?
2: I will support any decision that they feel is right.
0: Incredible. Well, Sergeant Perlman, this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I thank you so much for, for for being a part of the show today and for your service and for making such a wonderful kiddush Hashem on behalf of all the Jewish people.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Take care. You've been listening to That's Life yeah. here at the Nachman Siegel Network. What a wonderful conversation. You can also hear the chen, right, Avrami? You can hear the Chain in his voice. I mean, he certainly is a zaidi. That is 100% true, but Wow. God bless America. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam el Thank you for making us part of your day. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect and to look forward to and what not to miss. Full afternoon of programming for you right here on That's Life. It's the live lunch hosted by Nachum live here on the stream, nachumsegel.com, and of course on the NSN app. It also seems, folks, that Nachum and I have an, will potentially have a very interesting conversation coming up during the live lunch, as we are wont to do. We like to explore different conversations during the live lunch that couldn't necessarily happen during other times of our programming. So today, uh, Nahum and I, well, I should say, I almost invited nahum I think you can put it that way, to discuss the recent uproar around the new movie that is coming out the BFG which opens tomorrow it's a Disney production it is based on the Roald Dahl book the BFG it has been produced by Steven Spielberg and the uproar is around the apparent bigotry and anti-semitism displayed by Roald Dahl during his lifetime should we or should we not be reading his book should we be going to see this movie we're going to discuss it all also the stunt show at 1 p.m. hosted by Mayor Fertig. this is an incredible show Bethany Mandel and Skylar Bader join Mayer on the air to discuss how the Orthodox community treats converts. This is not a halachic discussion, folks. It, rather, it's a discussion based on on the person-to-person perspective. You certainly do not want to miss that. That is today at 1 o'clock. And guess what? TBT selection for the day, props to Avrami for this one, is a JMAm and classic from 2004 where Mayor Weingarten presents a memorial tribute to Naomi Shemer. Certainly uh, poignant music on a day like today. And I implore you, do not miss J.M. and A.M. tomorrow morning, especially as Malcolm Holine joins Nahum for the weekly update scheduled for 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. (sighs) <sighs> I wish there was nothing to talk about this week, folks, or any week for that matter, but alas, that is not the case. At the conclusion of JM and the AM tomorrow, it is an encore presentation of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. Mazal tov again to the entire Nachman family on Simi and Rafi's wedding. We should all continue to share smachot. We leave you today with a 4th of July shout out. My thanks to Nachman for finding the track. That is for sure. Talk about off the back wall. Here is Mandy Patinkin singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and God Bless America in Yiddish. A safe and wonderful weekend to all. Happy Fourth to everyone celebrating wherever you are. God Bless America. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
1: Mit so der go ball. will dit In America. La-